Good afternoon uh, to whoever is listening, if you're listening back. Uh, happy welcome to Tree Talk, episode 202. Uh, it'll probably be a primarily football-focused episode. We have the quarterfinals in the, the senior, intermediate and junior championships coming this weekend after an eventful final round. And we obviously had the ladies' senior football final over the weekend. So we'll be talking through them. We'll be going through other issues, um, such as the... Camogie Championships, issues of referees, and we'll be looking back briefly on the Senior Hurling Championship. So stay tuned for all that and more. The impression of the game, we get old with what you put into it. It's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go out and get it, no more about it. But not so much control in the centre of the field from Phil Kenny as Richie Bennett sends it high and over the bar. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, what? Shorty Buckley. Do that to Tommaso Shea. He deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Let me spend out there from the world court today. No more about him. He made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel. The back of it. And that's it. No ifs, no buts. Is there much time left? No sympathy in this game for anybody. How are you keeping, Matt? Good, good, Jack. Good. I, every time I see that, I, you know, I lament the fact that Kieran Carey never won in All Ireland. You know, which what a superb hurler. You know, and what what a piece of skill. Like, you know, that that is one of the iconic points since the game was since the game was formed. I, you know, it, it was simply magic. Magic to be there that day, unbelievable. And, um, you know, the, the importance of it, they were all Ireland champions and they were knocked out. You know, it was the knockout stages in the Munster Championship then, you know. And, oh, look, it's a very, very special moment. Yeah, um, I suppose whatever my camera is today, you'll see that I have a Cork jumper on today. I was, I was living with a lad from Cork, so I, I apologise for that. But you make a good point there about Kieran Carey and, and, and players. No, <laughs> not at all. Do I fully know who I'm talking to today? Bellystein, true and true, and Limerick, obviously, as well. But you make the interesting point there, Kieran is one of the best to not win in All-Ireland. That it's, I suppose it's a, a possibility once the, the championships come to inclusion, that's something we'll look into because obviously the, the, the list from Limerick is large and obviously Walford will have their say in Clare as well. So... It's a good topic to get into, but um, I suppose before we get into the games, Matt, looking outside. But I, just to finish on that point, Jack, you know, a point like that, you know, the skill that was shown and that it takes a very, very, very special player to execute it. Oh yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, special doesn't half cover it when you when you come to Kieran Carey, but. I suppose looking outside, it it's a dry day, but yesterday was a really miserable day. But probably the the first one of the year, and we're so deep into our hurling and football championships that you know it's great that we've got this far and you know there's opinions on the the split season all that but one thing is for sure there's been really enjoyable group stage games and like the weather does play a huge part it does and despite the inclement weather yesterday that you referred to there were a couple of games played last night there was a semi-final in the city Juno B football championship and uh, the second semi-final in the south were, were played so you know the weather did, didn't deter them, but we're, we're, we've been very, very lucky, Jack, with with with, with the weather so far this year. And um, like the, the the competitions, they are very, very, very condensed, leaving very little room for 
anything to go wrong. And certainly, um, um, the, the one major factor that could disrupt everything and dis, dis, derail everything would be if you got an exceptionally bad day that was playing, and that perhaps all the all the fixtures would would fall forward, but because of prevailing conditions and because of ground conditions. Thankfully, the we haven't been confronted with that this year, and hopefully, we, we won't. Yeah, I suppose we could have the situation and just listen to Jimmy Lee last week, where you have certain teams playing. Um, you know, on the same weekend, obviously Newcastle are down very straight in the semi final, and they played the, the final round of the Premier Intermediate Championships that weekend. And if KP come through this weekend, they'll have hurling the football clashing. That it is so condensed, but you know we are we are running the risk of um burnout but it is it is tough for the, the people making the fixtures and I, I don't want to be I suppose given out but the fact that we have the the senior intermediate football semi-finals at the same time this weekend is just disappointing I suppose really because there's a couple of games there that I'd love to have gone to see and you'd have gone to see all four of them if you could um yeah. but the fact you have to choose one it's it's just a pity and hopefully it's the last we'll see or something like that now again the people making the fixtures I don't envy them because it is a very difficult well, I task. I took a phone call yesterday from somebody that was very, very put out about the whole thing. Um, he, he was somebody that would dearly love to have um, attended the um, Father Casey's and Kildama Palace Kenry quarter final. And if he could, would have loved to have seen Gerald Griffins and St. Sinnons, which is a big, huge West Derby. And, um, you know, a, a game that's going to be very, very tight and probably one of the games of the championship. So, I, I cannot understand it. I, 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 you know, four major games on and at four o'clock. Um, I, I, I would appeal to the county board. Would, would, they, would they please look at this? Um, and um, like, could we have staggered times, even two hours apart? Intermediate could have been at two o'clock. Now I, I know, um, a lot of people say the answer to this is double fixtures, but there's considerable risk attending to double fixtures um, because you're very, very much at the mercy of the weather. I, and I understand, and I get all that. But where you've decided to have four um, single fixtures and four, let's call it, Jack, in terms of the football championship, there are four major games. Mm. Because here we are now, we're transitioning from um, the group stages to the knockout stages. This is where, from the very start of the competition, the clubs wanted to be, and like uh, supporters, like they they like to see as many of, of the knockout games as they possibly can, and like it certainly crystallised it for me when when that man spoke with me yesterday on it, and um, I, I I think it's I, I share his disappointment. I have to say, and and I I, I would appeal to the county board to to look at it and see if we could have. If, if if these games could be staggered, it it would be most helpful for everybody. But you 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 you're talking about um you, you mentioned there vaguely referenced about burnout and all that sort of thing. I I think for the first weekend really last weekend Jack I I got a bit of it being out and about um about how challenging that particularly dual clubs have have found the current season. Uh, you know, they feel that it's it's condensed. It's week on week 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 in week out. 
hurling and football and um, that, you know, the players aren't seen at their best because of, of, of the demands on them. Now, that's a debate for another day. And it, it's a debate that's above our pay, pay grade anyway, Jack. But um, it, it, it's something I picked up last weekend now. I don't know if yeah. you were out the boat as well, and I don't know if you picked it up, but I, I certainly picked it up. Yeah, I suppose. Um, it depends how team is going. Like, you look at Lionel Palace Kennery, and they're, they have nine weeks in the trot done, or ten weeks in the trot done. They'll have an 11 this weekend. And they just keep winning. I, I think, judging from them, they might have been a bit tired on the field, but off it, they certainly seem to be ready for every game. And afterwards, I think, mm. when the results came in, that they knew they were true, it gave them more energy. But, you know, it is extremely tough for teams, and I suppose for I suppose more rural areas or small clubs when you're relying on the same set of lads to, to, to go to the well in hurling and football, it's all the more difficult, you know, if, if you have maybe only two or three crossing over it's probably far more doable, but when you're, you know, relying on a core bunch, it can become extremely difficult. But, you know, credit to players. Um, you know, they're getting nothing for it on the love of the club and they they go out in all kinds of weather and all kind of conditions and, you know, do the best they can. So they have to be praised for that, but it is definitely a debate for another day, Matt. But it is, I um, I'm I'm slow to apportion blame to anybody on this, Jack, because um it's brought about by the multiplicity of, of competitions that we have hmm. and um, meeting deadlines for Munster Club Championships and all that. And um, I get all that. And and um, it, it's a debate for another day, but I suppose it, it would be part of a broader debate encompassing the, the, the split season, perhaps. Um, uh, now, those that where I was picking it up... Um, you know, they were, they were apportioning blame to the split season system, you know, but I think that's a bit simplistic. An awful lot of players were very happy with the split season. I'd say more happy more happy than unhappy. Yeah, um, and I think it's important that the players are the ones that, you know, have a huge say in the decision. And it's good that we've tried it for a year because obviously it was COVID enforced, first of all, and this is probably the first real year of being able to go to as many games as you want and crowds and et cetera. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. There's obviously provincial championships to go yet. And then... But there, there, is, part- there, is, there is another unseen factor which would be peculiar to Limerick um, at, mo- at the moment, Jack, and that is Limerick's success. Yeah. Um, which which means that the, the, that the club season is, is contracted that bit because Limerick, to, uh, you know, reaching the All Ireland final, were Limerick to, you know, be knocked out at the Munster stage, it, it would give a much greater window of opportunity, maybe to to spread the competition. So, uh, not that I'm advocating it for one minute, um, it would give an opportunity. You'd have an, you'd have an extra month to play with Jack, which are six weeks, which would be very very important. Yeah, and I suppose that's that's the case by case. Uh... Bases on every year, you know, like Limerick and Dollar and this year, they could be gone in Munster next year and they'll have that extra month, month and a half. But I, I like that it's it's been tried and, and you know, get the players you after a year and try it again next year and see because, you know, something did need to be changed because the club players at the same time were maybe had one game in the space of 16 or 17 weeks in the in the prime season of summer. So I suppose that's 
that that's a debate for another day. We have plenty of action to look back on. Um, I mentioned KP there. They're through to quarterfinal at the first time of asking, I suppose, at Ballestine's expense and Celtic Gale's expense. Um, I suppose you were you were in Kilfin and I was in the bog garden. Um, I was on the sideline doing water and a bit of stats, and I was I was keeping up to date with proceedings in Ballylanders and Galtic Gales, but I did have a feeling that Bally would have one kicking on before the relegation final, which is actually this weekend, you know, so there isn't they'll come into it with, I suppose, huge momentum after after beating Galtic Gales. But you spoke to me afterwards and the disappointment it must be for Galtic Gales, who I suppose didn't have it in their own hands. They didn't know they had it in their own hands, but to lose the team that were relegated already, fair credit to Bally Landers who like Black Rock the week before gave a performance even though they knew they were relegated or in relegation final, but it's a huge opportunity missed for Galtic Gales. It is, and uh, and and they they they, they realise it now because um, you know as events were unfolding and it had filtered through that Palestine were winning at one stage by four or five points, and uh, and um, you know you, you you would have think that that would have have driven on Galtic Gales, but you know. They were caught with a, a, a smashing grab at the end by the Danny Froon goal. Like they had come from five points down to lead by two points, just just as we were heading up for the hour mark. And then Danny, who was who was outstanding for Bally now on 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 um, last Saturday, he scored he scored a goal in five points, Jack, and he got a couple of excellent points from Claire. And um, he you know he he came up with that that winning goal. And um, it, it deprived the Gales in the circumstances. Um, they didn't know it until a couple of minutes afterwards of, of what, ha- what had transpired in in in, um, in the Bar Garden. But I, I would imagine that they would probably have been happier had had um, had um, Kildare Palace Kennery won. In in that you know that the result wouldn't have mattered anyway. Um, but it, it was a huge disappointing uh, disappointment, and just just a glorious chance for him to to advance to the quarter final. Now, you know the kick was in Ballylanders, and um, it, it, it's the it's the second game in a row, Jack, that that Ballylanders have shown considerable improvement. Like they were distinctly unlucky in the penultimate round against Adair, not to have got something. They were beaten by a point, and. Um, like they made most of the running. Now, Gelty Gales um, did a very poor first half, Jack, and it, it really came back to haunt him. Ballyrandos had got five points clear by half time, and they, they, they maintained that for a lot of the half. Um, now, Hugh Maloney was sent off to a red card in the first half. They were down to 14 players. And um, Stephen Fox was sent off. Stephen Fox, who was absolutely outstanding, um, had a goal, two points, scored the goal from a penalty at the stage that he was sent off in the 40th minute. And um, it, 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 it evened up things, and it, it evened up things considerably. And um, the Gales then got a penalty, and it, it was down to a one-point game. And, and it, you know, it was toing and froing for a small bit, but eventually the Gales drew level and got, got two points clear. But, you know, they were, they were stung by that goal by... by um, by Danny Fruin, but the, the 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 result, you see, performance against the Dare was was very very good and deserved more than losing by a point. And you you'd have to say on on Saturday, 
But the belly, the Bellylanders' performance, it, it would have been very rough, Justice, on them had they lost the match. Mm. Now, had it, had it been a draw, um, you know, fair enough. But um, uh, because they applied themselves really from the start, and um, uh, like they, they laid down markers from the start, and they were boosted with 15 minutes to go when Jimmy Barry Murphy returned after injury. And and got 15 minutes under his belt now, which will be he's a huge boost, of course, to for to have him back for um, particularly for Sunday against against Galway. And I know we'll probably be referring to it later. Yeah, I suppose for for our for our point of view in Bally C, we knew that we needed a favour from Bellylanders, and at one stage, I just as you said, we were four clear and Bally were five up and. You're thinking there isn't going to be a nine-point swing, but slowly but surely KP got back into the game, and, and to their credit, they were very good in the second half. They kind of kept with the boys in the first half. I think there was three in it or four in it at halftime, but you know, slowly but surely, they eked their way back into the game, and we got a man sent off then. But you know, it was a really surreal kind of feeling at full time. The ball was right beside me when when it finished over by the sideline, and. I knew, like, obviously our game was a draw. I knew that it finished as a draw, but you were kind of trying to get an update from Kilfinnan and, and the word was filtering in that you, or that Danny Froon got the goal. Um, and for KP, like, to their credit, after reaching the Hurling quarterfinal the previous week for the first time in 85 years to reach the football equivalent a week later, like, it's incredible what they're doing over there. For ourselves, it was definitely a missed opportunity. Um, the lads fit very well in the first half. David Shannessy was brilliant throughout the game. I think he got one six or so out of one seven, um. But you know, just didn't score enough on the day, and, and KP deserving over the course of the campaign to go through. And you know, after five games, the cream will rise to the, to the top, and and that's the case. And I suppose going into their quarter final this week, we'll get back to the relegation final afterwards. But Lionel Palace Kenner playing Father Casey's in a quarter final. The last time they met was two thousand eighteen junior semi-final, you know, KP's first team against Casey's, a second team, you know, which is, is mad to think, but Casey's did show against Newcastle, you know, why they are probably favoured beside Newcastle and Adair really put up the defending champions and unlucky not to get a draw or even a win, but, you know, it's a real tall order for KP. It's a tall order, Jack, but if you look at if you look at um, Kildamo Palace Kenry's record in football, it's simply phenomenal. Junior B champions in 2014, Junior A champions 2018. Matt's gone there for a second. Um, he's just going through KP's, I suppose, outstanding performances in the in the football in recent years. Uh, he'll be back to us in, this, in a second. But, uh, the, Gremlins, are, uh, the Gremlins yeah, you... down the estuary in Ballystine, I think. I don't think so, even though it has Sarena, but you you had got as far as eighteen when they won the junior age championship. I'll let you go yeah, from there. They, they, you had you know, they added it intermediate last year, twenty twenty one, and now to make the cut for the knockout stages, it absolutely is simply phenomenal rise. Actually, you know, Kildama Palace at this stage are in bonus territory as far as this competition is concerned. Yeah. You know, because there's, there is no doubt that their first target this year was to avoid relegation and consolidate. They've done more than that. Now maybe the gods have, maybe the gods have shone upon them and Danny Froon shone upon them um, with that late goal that that helped them. But you know, 
in the swings and roundabouts during the year that you know you you get your look and um but i i think that i i think that they're there on merit and they're not going to newcastle west at all on saturday to make up numbers no they, are, they, have, to, they have to give it a good go and they're quite capable of doing it you'd still have to fancy cases from what we've seen so far this year that they seem to be putting it together yeah, cases, yeah, cases, and uh, it's a happy annual with us, but they, they haven't won a knockout game since 2009, Jack, when they yeah. beat Palestine in the county semi final, like which is a phenomenal long time. And uh, like they have been perennially involved in, 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 in the knockout stages practically since, but just yeah. haven't, haven't, haven't been able to get over the line. So they, they, that in itself will, will bring a small bit of pressure with, them, with it. But, you know, most of those people that were around in 2009, it's a new look for the Casey's team, Jack. The, oh, yeah. the, team, the team has evolved over the years. And, and what we're seeing now is that um, players from recently successful minor teams are coming through and coming through successfully and they're filtering them through. And, and um, I, any way you look at it, Jack, and um, now I saw him against Galbraith. I was very, very unimpressed with him. But I, I saw him against Monalee, and I was hugely impressed by him. Um, I, I suppose the real cases is somewhere in between. I'd say more towards the, the more towards the Monalee performance. And um, yeah, they're, they're, they're going they're going to be very, very difficult to beat. But they just cannot. You know, they've got to get it out of their mind. They've got to park it. Um, this 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 knockout hoodoo, they they cannot allow it to come back to haunt them on, on Saturday. Yeah, it's incredible to to, to know <laughs> that it's gone back thirteen years, and they're uh, like you you mentioned that they've they've nearly reached knockout stages in every year, and there's been a lot of games that come to my mind where they went in as rage and had favourites and just couldn't get the job done. Like even the last three years against Monaline last year, I fenced them against Palestine. The previous year they came in after beating Adair, who were the champions at the time, and who went on to win the championship. And they and Kieran's beat them the year before that, you know, and they were heavily fancied in all those games. That you know, something has to click eventually, but they do seem to integrate in those players that you mentioned through the likes of Eli Reardon and Shane O'Connell and Sean Kilbridge, Dylan Cork, these kind of players that you know that they've really taken on leadership. Do you know, Rory O'Brien yeah. as well. Not you could name them all, they've really taken on leadership roles. And they'll have, they'll have no baggage, really, or, or little to no baggage when it comes to qualifying. No, and they, they, they still have the Cormac Roaches and they still have the Robert Browns of of, of this world and um, David Ward is in, in or out there about the panel, um, Martin Scannell. So, you know, it's John Reardon. Um, what an experienced sub to come off the bench he is. Yeah. You know, so, um, like, yeah, their mix seems to be good and they 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 they, they they're coming along nicely, Jack. Whether it will be good enough for ultimate success or not, I, I, I don't know. Time will tell. They have to take it every step at the time. As far as they're concerned at the moment, the full focus has to be on the threat. And I don't say the word threat lightly, that um, Kildama Palace are going to pose to their championship ambitions. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to remember the last time KP lost a meaningful game in hurling or football. Um, I suppose the twenty twenty quarter final. I think in the football was the last time that they lost a knockout game in 
in either or I suppose last year's hurling as well, but they won a cotton cup final at the end of the day, like so they are really, really dangerous outfit. In the other quarter final then St. Kieran's versus Monoline, that's on a, at four o'clock as well. In Bruff, um I suppose for Kieran's it's been a real it's been a real positive year this year, considering they were in the relegation zone the last two years, but that's not really where they should be. They had a lot of injuries and things. What I will say is Moline were really up here. We, we saw them against Father Casey's, but they were brilliant against Lahan in round five, whereas Kieran's drew up Alicina in round four and lost a there in round five. That They're coming in with different, I suppose, form guides behind them. And even though you kind of yeah. fancy Kieran's, again, dangerous opposition are Moline, and they're always quite good in the in the knockout stages. Yeah, they, 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 it's a different St. Kieran's or a different Monoline team that they invariably turns up in the knockout stages. They're far more formidable. Like they, 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 they were at the semi-final stage last year where they ran Newcastle West to a single point. And um, uh, this, this, uh, you know, they are where, well, where every club wants to be, but they're there anyway. And um, they, they tend to be slow starters. But the forum guide in recent weeks would suggest that um, perhaps even forum is going in the opposite direction. That um, Monoline are, are um, finding their forum now with back-to-back wins. Like it, it, you know, I honestly thought that the game between themselves and and um, Clahan, even though I fancied Monoline, I, I thought it, that could take on um, being a toss-up. You know, um, the stakes were so high, but by God, um, they, they put it really out of Clahan's reach in, in, in the first half. Um, yeah, I, I. You see, St. Kieran's are possibly going in the opposite direction. They, 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 they won their first three games, reeled off three straight wins. And then, then uh, of course, um, there was the draw with Ballystine. And um, they were quite a distance, Jack, behind the dare on Sunday, apparently, from what I'm hearing. In that they, they, they got a late goal and a point. You know, which which sort of sweetened their 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 um their tally a bit or enhanced their tally a bit. Um, even though they did they, they did miss a penalty in the closing stages, um, but they got a point out of it. It went over the bar, but um, you know, they did fall short against the dare, which would be a small bit worrying. Now, we tend to forget that the like of Saint Kieran's. They're every bit as much involved, Jack, in 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 games as um, Kildare Palace, Kenry, or Adair, or any of them. They they, 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 have, they they have the same games load because they 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 they're, they're through to the um, they're through to the quarterfinals of the Junior A Hurling Championship, having come out of their group with five straight wins. So like yeah. and and there is there is quite a bit of, of, of a crossover between their hurlers and their footballers. So I, I, I suppose um, a little bit of a dip in form would 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 would, would um, um <clears throat> that could account for the little bit of a dip in form in the football. But um you know I think it would be a different Cairns that that um that will will, will come out on, on Saturday. Um they're always going to be difficult to beat. You know, they dig in, they're resilient. And um, 
I, I think there'll be no, there'll be nothing different on Saturday. Yeah, it, it's a good point you make there, and I suppose they won three in a row in that last like block of hurling as well, and that's going to take a lot out of a team in the junior A where it, it's so competitive that there are six teams in a group with only two to come out of it. So, um, credit where credit's due there as well for all the teams doing it in, in dual code, but. Mona Lean, like again, they're very dangerous when you get to the knockout stages. Kieran's will, will be so like desperate to prove themselves back in the knockout stages because it's been three years since they got to that county semi final, and they'll they'll think that they should have beat Ula on that day. So like you know, they're they're both really intriguing matchups. Um, these quarter finals, and the other end of the spectrum, then you have. Uh, Calvary versus Ballylanders at two o'clock um, in Finnan on Sunday afternoon in the relegation final. And not only does a relegation, you know, take on a life of its own, but a South Derby and, you know, two teams that have been in the senior championship for a lot. I can't remember the last time Ballylanders were relegated, but Calvary have been up for four or five years now. And it, it's, it's, it could go anywhere. Could, um, the, you know, relegation finals that that they're peculiar beast, Jack. <coughs> you know, um forum seems to go out the window, and that's not a cliche when it comes to it, you know. Um the realization suddenly dawns at the eleventh hour on teams that hey, this this might be our last game at this level if we don't put in something and it, it, it invariably motivates them. But, you know, there can be no excuses made for either of these teams, Jack. You know, you're in a relegation final for a reason. That that um, you haven't performed to the level necessary now um, during the year. And, you you, you know, you, you can attribute some of it to bad luck. And uh, that there has been an element to that. Maybe the God's not shining on you. But you, you think you're saying Kieran's last year. They were beaten in their two games in in the um, in 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 the group stages by a single point, and condemned to the relegation playoff. It's like you know, bit of luck along the way, and they could have been in, in county quarterfinal. It's as simple as that. But yeah, this is going to be a very very interesting. It's going to be a very very tense game. It'll be the second week in a row, and this will be a help to Ballylanders that they have been embroiled and involved in a South Derby, in a big South Derby with, 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 with the stakes high. But um, one way or another comes on the evening, there'll be a South team will have, falling off the, have fallen off the ledge, Jack. And it's, it's, it's you know, it's a hard one to call. Now, Jimmy Barry Murphy is back for, for Belly Landers. James Ryan is likely to be out for for um, for um, for Galbley. Paddy Kennedy is out for Galbley. He he's currently on trial at Tranmere Rovers Football Club. So, um, that that certainly will change the dynamic of the game. I think and change the the the, the, the dynamic of the likely outcome. Yeah, I, I I suppose again, the nature of their fifth round games as well. Galbley losing. You know, and they were in pole position to to avoid relegation, and Pellanders obviously winning, which we've touched on. You know that they have that bit of momentum behind them. It's just so hard to call relegation finals. Always take on a life of their own, and you hate to see someone go down. But 
that's just the nature of it that some team has to come up and and some team has to go down. Um, but look, we mentioned well, Kenny come, there. Come, it can be avoided, Jack. Come three thirty, four o'clock on Saturday, Sunday evening. Either Galbally or Ballylanders are looking at the prospect of being in the hat for the 2023 County Intermediate Football Championship draw. Simple as no hiding place. Yeah, it, it is It is simple as that pretty much. But I suppose when you say one team goes down, one team has to come up. And we also have the quarterfinals inter- intermediate um, championship. We have Napiershik and Drunkola Broadford are in the semifinals. They'll play the following week. We have our two quarterfinals, St. Sinans versus Gerald Griffins and an all-best derby. And then you have the city derby of Munger St. Paul's versus St. Pat's. Uh, we'll start with the, the city derby. St. Pat's and Munger St. Paul's. I suppose for Pat's, it's this only their I think their third season in the grade. You know, they're they're a seasoned senior team at, at this stage. There is there has been a bit of turnover, but there has been a lot of success underage. And then Mungret, you know, have been knocking on the door, haven't reached the final in, in a long time, but they've been there thereabouts, always in the knockout stages. Got a good win against Sir Griffin's last time out. Uh, it's it's an interesting game, to say the least. It is, it is, Jack. And um, um, you see, that group was was distorted a small bit by the fact that um, that Brough um, basically pulled out. They played in the first round and didn't didn't play after, as far as you know. Um, oh, sorry, am I mixing that's it up now with the group? Yeah, that's for saying. Saint Pat's were in that boat. We'll say they didn't yeah. get a game. They didn't get a game. Now they, and now they didn't get a game. And unfortunately, that game against Brough was in the last round. Yeah. Which 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 means that after a three week break, they're they're now facing into a four week break. And um, you know, we, we we often discuss the merits of going straight through to a semi final and having to play a quarter final route. And I suppose it's a continuous debate as to which is the better way to go. A consensus would seem to be emerging that you know, that probably quarterfinal route is the better way to go. But this 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 does parallels between St Pat's situation and the situation with uh, the current situation in that that Munger St Paul's had a game last week, which and, and it was a fine tough game against Gerald Griffins, the type of game you'd want going into a group stages, yeah. <laughs> and they, they 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 came out of it I, I was pretty convincingly enough. Now it was. It was one fifteen to three six was the final score, which was sixteen scores to nine. Um, convincing, convincing enough, in 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 in, in my view. Um, I I Mungles have been flirting with a breakthrough, Jack. Now, yeah, you're right. There is a residue of senior players in 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 St Pat's. It's only 2014 since St Pat's last contested a county senior football final. Like it's it's not it's not light years away or anything like that, but a lot of things have changed since. Um, I, I I think the pendulum is swinging in favour of Mungret St Pauls in this one. Yeah, I get I get predictions for both um, intermediate or quarterfinals uh, at the end with the with the senior ones because there's only there's only four games to go through. I think for Pats they they haven't had Grod Hegarty this year. He hasn't played football. Could there be a chance we see him? This Saturday, with the hurlers finished, I know he's playing soccer with Ashling, but you know he's the sort of player that could turn a contest in his own. He's a beautiful footballer. He's he was one of the best in the county when he was playing inter county for Limerick, and he's continued like that 
even when he's he's been harder of the year and won goals of all stars in all Ireland's he's he's a solid player that could change a game. He's just that good. He 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 certainly he he certainly would be a major Philip and a major boost to, to St. Patrick's if they can get a jersey on him on Saturday. To to be um to to be a major, major boost. And it it certainly um you know he could conceivably change the outcome. Yeah, and I, I suppose for, for St. Pat's as a club, there could be more in that boat that, you know, this this is their season on the line because obviously the Hurlers' season has, has just finished. They, they finished fifth in their group, so they won't be going into quarters or relegation. This could be St. Pat's last game of the year. So you could have more numbers that you haven't had before. Mm-hmm. And, and same for Munger. They do have a County Cup final to play, but um, that's a once-off game. So, you know, there could be fellas coming back that were playing Hurling that could, could have a bearing on this game, but... The other quarterfinal, you know, two football strongholds, Charles Griffins versus St. Sinnons, they won't have had to worry about hurling. Um, per se. I know there's a couple of lads that, that hurled with Skeeton, all right, but when you talk about knocking on the door, when you talk about um, Mungrith, like Charles Griffins will rue the fact that they didn't get over the line in 19 in either game. They had a replay as well in 2020 against Clahan. And we've seen what Celtic Gales and Clahan have done in the senior ranks. That George Griffins yeah. will say that could have been us, you know, and they're in a quarter final again. But a West Derby, St. Sinan's were senior as recently as 19. Again, <laughs> these games are so hard to call. Jack, Gerald Griffins' um, record is simply phenomenal since they were, since they won the Juno Championship. I think it was in 2016. This is their sixth year up anyway. And uh, the first two years, they were beaten in the semi-finals. The next two years, they were beaten in the final. And last year, they were beaten in the semi-final. So that is really, really, really knocking on the door. Now, St. Sinan's are a bit of a yo-yo team up and down. They, they, they were promoted in uh, as, as intermediate champions in 2017. In 2018, Jack, they just missed out on the knockout stages of the championship and scoring difference. Yeah, and and the same day they should have beaten Adair, who went on to win the championship in Newcastle, and it, I think it was Moline that got through instead of him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I remember that day. And and um, uh, then 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 last year they were beaten in in, in the semi final. Um, so um, they they were relegated in the course of twenty nineteen and were beaten in the semi final for the last two years. So. Um, this, this this is a battle of, of of sides knocking on the door. The door will be well broken in with all this knocking that's going on with these two teams anyway. But it's it, it, it's a fascinating game, and um, like you know, there'll be a lot of very good players on show here. There'll be a lot of county players on show. You'll you'll have the like of Jim Liston, Colin McSweeney, and Tommy Griffin, Darren Noonan. Um, Gerald Stackwell and Brian Farn up there, Brian Scanlon, you know, and you'll, you'll have um, oh, James Nocton, Ian Ryan, James Nocton, um, Ian Ryan, and Ray Flaherty, and mm-hmm. all, all these people with with, with sense in. And so, you know, that it, it's a game with a stellar cast in many ways, Jack. So, um, this is going to be a very, very tight one, Jack. Yeah, and again, it's just this winding that you can't get. To these games, as you mentioned, the men that rang you, I definitely would have went to uh, KP and Casey's and, and went to Joe Griffins and Simmons as well, you know. So it's disappointing 
in that regard. But I will I will get predictions off you um, later in the podcast. We obviously have Premier Junior and Junior A quarterfinals as well, but we don't have time to go through all the games, as we do say. Uh, last Sunday, we were in Brough for the Limerick Ladies Senior Final between Mona Gay and St. Albies. Mona Gay finally got it done against St. Albies. They obviously won the championship last year. But um, a real short character from Mona Gay, who, who started strongly, Katrina Davis called, um, they put, I think, were they four, clear or five? But within an instant, St. Albies are level, Mariah Kevin, they got 1-2 in, in, the, in the first half. But just grounded out in the second half, um, real experience showing and, and thoroughly deserving over the course of the 60 minutes. Oh, Jack, over the course of the 60 minutes, nobody could argue with the, with, with, with the outcome. Um, um, Monaghan were, were, were worthy winners. Um, your sum, summation there of the game is right. Um, um, St. Elby's had the better of um, Monaghan had the better of the exchanges in the opening quarter. And um, you, you had that, that um, Katrina Davis goal. Like, Katrina Davis is absolutely in the form of her life at the moment. She scored 1-6 in the county final on Sunday, having scored seven points in the semi-final four days earlier. That, that, that's a phenomenal scoring rate, Jack. 1-13 in, 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 in four days and two games. Um, um, but but um, uh, then, then um, St. Elvis hit that purple patch. Like, it was a great goal from... Uh, it, it was a great goal from Red Kavanagh. Um, its creation was a thing of beauty. The way that Paula Donnelly lobbed the defence and picked out, picked out um, uh, Mairead Kavanagh in a forest of bears. And uh, of course, when, when you when Mairead Kavanagh gets sight of goal, there's, there's usually only one result. And and she put the ball in the net. And herself and Brana McKenna added points to put put um, um, St. Elby's two points up at half time and they, they looked to be in the driving seat and more so in the driving seat when Emma Ryan put them three clear immediately after the break. But um, something clicked at that stage in in in, in Monaghan. And and um, I have to say that that, that the, the diamond of our, the triangle of, of Debbie Murphy, um, um, Cameron O'Leary and and um, Ellie Wolf were outstanding. Ellie Wolf got a couple of points, quick fire points, one after another, and and suddenly the gap was down. And and um, of course, then we had we won't say a raft of sin binnings, but we with three sin binnings in quick succession. Laurie O'Connor was the first into the bin, and um, she wasn't out of the bin when she was followed in by Grace Lee, and Grace wasn't out of the bin when she was followed in by Maria Cavanaugh of St. Elby's. But um, at that stage, uh, even at the immediately after the first sending off, um, Monaghan had just got into that stride, Jack, and um, there was nothing that was going to throw them off that stride after that. And um, you know they they emerged very very worthy winners. Like you know, in the last ten minutes, if you recall. Like St. Elby's um, incessantly pounded at the defence, at the Monaghan defence, got absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. The defence held firm, held discipline, held their shape, <coughs> supplemented, of course, by a number of players funneling back. 
Now, Kate Geary was playing in in what you could call a sweeper role for the entire game. But you had additional players when they were closing out the game, coming back and actually send Elvis when they looked up from around midfield in in the um, in 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 the in the closing minutes. They had actually two ba- two banks of defenders to cope with, you know. So. Yeah, look, congratulations to Mona Gay. Um, it was a difficult week for them. Um, a difficult week in so far as that they played the semi-final on Wednesday night and so did St. Elby's. But Mona Gay were involved in extra time with Bally Landers, which wasn't the ideal preparation coming into a final. And One, 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 one had doubts that, that um, you know, going, going down the home straight, um, would that eventually tell them? Not a bit of it. Not a bit of it. They closed out the game very, very, com- very comfortably and very competently. Yeah, and I, you mentioned players there. That they had a number of, of standout players. Karen O'Leary was awarded player of the match, but I thought Deborah Murphy was brilliant in midfield. She was wing back last year. She's moved further forward and is still scoring as many. Katrina Davis, obviously, with her scoring contributions. Ellie Wolf scored a couple as well, but I thought Yvonne Lee at fullback was brilliant as well, and Laurie O'Connor anchored it. Anchored the defence, barring those ten minutes in the bin. But that that four day turnaround or three day turnaround, whichever, because it was it was night time by the time they would get home, is for whatever reason it happened. You know, it that, that shouldn't happen. That totally goes against player welfare. And credit to to Monaghan and Saint Elby's that served up a really good game. Um, considering, but it, it's something that needs to be addressed. That uh, you shouldn't be playing the semi final. Um, on a Wednesday evening and probably wouldn't be home till 11, the girls from Monagaya and Bellanders with extra time and to go again Sunday morning. You know, I just don't think it would happen in the men's game and, and there's no reason for it to happen in the ladies' game either. No, I I, I, I agree with you, Jack. And, um, um, you know, whilst the, the, um, whilst the clubs were, were anything but happy with it, once they got through to the final, full credit to Monaghan and St. Elby's, they parked the issue and focused on the job in hand and, and got on with it and did not wallow in it or and, and, and anything like that. But, Jack, you're right. It's something – I don't know where the breakdown is, but um, it's something that should not be allowed to recur under any circumstances. It's it's fair to players, unfair to supporters. There was – I, I was at the semi-final on Wednesday night and there was a huge crowd in that long. Now, and it, it, it team rained down on top of us and I absolutely, it came in through my oilers now. And um, it, 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 you know, I, I, I wasn't a happy camper now. You know, and, and um, I, I'll like tell you, you um, sorry? Couldn't be like you. No, you're 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 trying to get me into a rant now. I think I I see you no. angling, but you know it, it it comes down, and this is this is not a this is not a reflection or a criticism of not long. I'm making this as a general criticism about the standard of press facilities, like the GA are handing out development grants there for this, that, and the next thing, and I don't ever recall a red cent being given for um being given for press facilities, yet they want all the press coverage. And we have we, 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 we've moved into a new phase of press coverage now where streaming is becoming so popular. Like in, you, were, you were there on, 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 on Sunday with, with us for, during the streaming situ, 
um, of, of, of the county final. And like, you know, it, it certainly to be standing on the sideline, it's not conducive um, to, to, to giving the best product to the people that are viewing. First yeah, of all, yeah. we're, at, we're at ground level. Now, all right, why, why didn't we retreat to the stand or anything? You, you, you could say that. But there are difficulties be, being in the stand, as we have found out in the past, yeah. with, 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 with sound issues and, and the crowd cheering. And, you know, just because we're screaming in the stand doesn't mean that the, everybody in the stand has to have a bow of silence, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, it's a bigger issue, Jack, and it's something that the GAA should look into. With a view to grant aiding or grant encouraging um, grounds to provide um, press facilities. The day now of standing out on, on a sideline and trying to write, um, you know, and try to do a report or try to do an intelligent report, that day I'm afraid is gone, Jack. And, um, um, you know, the authorities in Croke Park should wake up and smell the roses. Well, you're, you're professional as always um, in Brough. And again, huge credit to, to Mona Gay and commiserations to St. Elby's. They, they had their days in 2019 and 2020 and they'll probably be back there, thereabouts next year, such as being their form. But for Mona Gay to get to six finals in a row and to win three of them uh, and to, to still be in the Camogie is some achievement. And on the Camogie, it's it's kind of up in the air at the moment. <laughs> you, you've tried your best to, to get, a, I suppose, a clear-cut answer, but... At the moment, we we're down to have semi-finals this weekend, but it's it's only provisionally at the moment, Matt. That that's right. There there was an issue with eligibility of a player and um, a cups uh, a subsequent forfeiture of points, um, um, which would see um, um, Granibel and Gary upgraded to um, uh, winners of their group, and um, which would in turn see Newcastle West down to second place. And um, it, it, the, the semi-finals are provisionally fixed. The, the, this thing may be subject to appeal, and um, you know the way these things can drag on. Um, uh, the semi-finals are provisionally penciled in for next Sunday at twelve o'clock. Both of them at twelve o'clock. A hand playing Newcastle West in Mackey Park at twelve o'clock, and Granabell and Gary hosting um, Kilidi also at noon. On 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 um, on Sunday, so look. Let's hope it will be it will get resolved. Um, whatever outstanding issues there will be resolved, and that the games will go ahead, and that that you know we we we'll get the the concluding stages to the Camogie Championship that we were hoping for. Yeah, we won't delve any any deeper into that because you know when when it's up in the air, there, there's no point because. These things could change because we had spoke about the cost of uh, the new Limerick jersey and I'd say within half an hour after the podcast it had changed price so we, we won't we won't uh, go any further on that. Um, but I suppose before we go there's been a, I suppose a lot of issues with referees and the treatment of referees in recent times Matt and you know these people are are giving up their time and without referees there'd be no games and I think I don't, this isn't this is the Limerick issue, but it's more of a national issue. But I think we are going to get to a stage where if re- referees may strike, and if referees strike, there, there'll be no games, and you just appeal for respect to the referees. I think is what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, Jack. Um, 
I feel very, very strongly about this. And um, um, we had the, the referees being assaulted and um, being interfered with in, in, in Roscommon and in Wexford recently. And there, 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 there was whispers coming out of an incident in Kerry. And um, he, where, where, where there's physicality involved, they tend to get highlighted. But um, I think it's an everyday occurrence in that referees and linesmen are being verbally abused and are being shamefully verbally abused and um, being done so in some cases by mentors and by spectators. And it is time, Jack, that something is done about it. Now, the chairman of Wexford, um, <coughs> GAA, who carries the name of Michal Martin, not, 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 not to be mi mixed up with the Taoiseach. Um, but I, as far as I recall, he gave a figure over the airways yesterday that um, the number of referees in the county of Wexford had dropped from 77 to 50. That's, that's a, a drop off of one third. And he was talking about 50 referees across all codes, hurling, football, ladies, football, camogie. So we're heading into a very situation, a serious situation, Jack. We're heading down a dark alley. Unless people wake up, cop on, and say this is not on. I, I you know, I, I, I've seen not just referees, but umpires, or um, linesmen. The umpires escape it to a certain degree, only to a certain degree, because they're at the opposite ends of the field. And... In, in a lot of cases, there, 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 is, there is very few behind, or any behind the goal. But, um, I, you know, I, I, the abuse that has been handed out to some linesmen as well as referees, Jack, it, it just has to stop. There is no place for it in our association. You know, and right-thinking people, I, I don't know how the GA are going to tackle it, but they have to tackle it with the severest of sanctions. Because we want our games to continue. We cannot have games without referees. And as you were saying there, if the referees went on strike, you know, um, perhaps, Jack, that might be the wake-up call that everybody needs. Yeah, I, I was. It, kind of, it struck me nearly more last night watching the soccer when Armenia got two players uh, sent off for, uh, I suppose, abusing the ref, for want of a better word. And you never see it in rugby. You know, I don't know, I don't know why that is. Um, same individuals at the end of the day that often play both codes. You know, so it's something that needs to be done. Um, and as you said, it might take severe action for for people to realize. But we just, I suppose, promote, I suppose, respect first and foremost. It's it's fair enough to disagree with a decision, but go about it in a respectful manner, like you would if you disagree with your friend over an issue. So please, God, we'll have no. No major issues in Limerick like that were seen becoming far too prevalent um, throughout the country. You know, I get the, I get the heat at the moment and I get all that, you know. You know, but it, it's gone to levels now and it's gone to degrees now, Jack, that are totally unacceptable. Yeah. It, um, it's, I am slow to say it's endemic, but I'll tell you, it's not far from it. Yeah, um, we, we won't, hopefully won't be have to talk about that again, but it is, it is important to bring that to light, um, I suppose since we last spoke, I put together, um, and moving on to Harlan briefly, I put together a Limerick Senior Harlan Championship team of the group stage, 
Now, I did ring you on one morning just to see uh, had you any other names, but looking at that list, is there anyone that you feel was harsh left out or was unlucky left out? Obviously, there's there's some names that you moved around to accommodate them because there was a lot of kind of middle third players that were brilliant throughout the year. And obviously, it's only from what I've saw and what I heard, but any standout names missing do you think? Well, I, the, the only I, I I was virtually in total agreement with you. Actually, um, you you will recall, but one player who I thought was outstanding when he was on a struggling team, I thought was Ian O'Brien of Blackrock. Yeah, cornerback. I thought he had an absolutely fantastic season. His his team were under pressure all season, but he stood up to it. And um, uh, other than that, Jack, I, I I would be in agreement for the most part with your team. Yeah, I think Willie Griffin was another one um, that nearly single-handedly brought it there into the quarters. They got relegated, I suppose, conversely. But um, I think just I went with Paul O'Brien because Munger won a couple of games and they returned to senior and Adair didn't pick up a win. If you had to pick a player in the championship so far, from what you've seen? I should, it's, it's very hard to go beyond Kyle Hayes. Yeah, I, I, I saw KP in four or five games I've only seen a hand once, but or maybe it was twice. But I heard Tom Morrissey has been phenomenal, and Oshin O'Reilly yeah. as well. But yeah. I think Kyle has, for a fella that I think is still probably better in the backs than he is in the forwards. Um, you mentioned to score ten points from play in any game is just pretty incredible. But we'll have we'll have the Harland Championship back in a couple of weeks. But for now, it's the turn of the football um and the quarterfinals this week, and I'll get in. To your predictions, Matt, and we'll start with uh, we'll start with looking back at last week again. It was a poor enough week um, for me. We got we both went with Monlean and Newcastle, and you went with Adair. I went with Kieran's. I had two draws that didn't come to fruition. It was actually drawing our own game. I didn't call that, and we voted Gelbley to avoid the drop. You're getting closer there, Matt. You're within two points now. There's four games this week. Will you overtake me? Oh, I, I don't know, Jack. Sure. Um... I, I don't know what you have in the locker for this week. Yeah, I suppose uh, as it comes down to uh, boiling point in the championship, you're starting to hit the hit form. And I started to go the other way. And as I said, you ran away with it last year that I lost count. But I'll make sure to keep count, even if I'm losing badly this year. But um, we'll start with the intermediate championship games. If that's all right. And if you want to give a first goal score, do. But I am springing this on you. So um, Munger St. Paul's versus St. Paul's. I'm going with Mungret by four points. Mungret by four points. You made a face there before, and you're not you're not really confident, are you? Or no, I'm pretty confident. Yeah, I'll go Mungret as well. Um, I'll go Mungret by three points. But there is a shock in the cards in here somewhere. Um, Saint Simmons versus Jerry Griffiths. I'm going with Simmons by two. Simmons by two. Uh, any reason for that, or just good feeling? I, you know, I, 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 I have a feeling that they, that they, that they will, you know. Well, I'm gone, I'm gone the other way. I'm gone. Daryl Griffin's by four. Just think that the the talent they have at their disposal. Not say Simmons don't, but I just think they're a stronger, stronger individuals. Um, I'll go Daryl Griffin's by four. Uh, Saint Kieran's versus Monoline. I'm going St. Kieran's by two. St. Kieran's by two. You're definitely unsure about that when you, the way you said it. 
I am unsure of it. I am that that game is on a knife edge. And we might well, have that we might have that dreaded extra time if necessary. Yeah, I think Mona Lean as well, we we alluded to are a different animal in the knockout stages. That's, the team we saw against uh Father Casey's, it's it's not gonna be that scenario. But I do think Kieran's have something in the locker and I'm going for Kieran's to win by three points. But as I said, I do think there's a shock in there somewhere. And uh, Father Casey's versus Glenn Palace Kennery. I'm going for Father Casey's by four. Casey's by four. I oh, actually had Casey's by four as well. I'll go Casey's well, I'll go, by... I'll, I'll, I'll go by three, so... Okay. You're, all, you're, you're always changing for me. I'll give you your first choice. Yeah, I, I find it very I'm, hard to back I'm, against. I'm, I'm generous today, Jack, but don't take it that will apply every day. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of uh, I'm cautious to go against KP because they have been a team that have invariably won in any sort of game, whether it is hurling football over the last few years. But I do think Casey's will will break that hoodoo. Like 13 years for Father Casey's is a famine to win a, a knockout game, not to mind win a championship. Like So I think they'll get one over the line. Um, and I suppose... I won't. I won't ask you for a score or anything, but who who will survive then in the senior championship? Bally, and that's yeah. not being broken. No, I know it isn't. I think as well as, as I mentioned earlier, that winning their last game, bringing momentum, and facing a team that lost, and for like by the Landers, they lost us by five. Then they lost a dare by a point. They beat Celtic Gales. Now they did get a, a trimming by KP, but. They lost Kieran's by point as well, you know. Point, yeah. They've been there, their votes. But Kelbilly, you know, probably gave as good as Kay- or Casey's got until they played Newcastle. So yeah. uh, it, it's a difficult one. But um, I suppose there are predictions. We're both in agreement on Casey's, Kieran's, and Moose and Paul's. And we differ with St. Simmons and Gerald Griffin's. But. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose best of luck to all the teams this weekend, as always, um, some team seasons. We'll come to an end, unfortunately, but that's just the way it goes. And we'll have the semi-finals uh, the following week. We'll have the last round of Premier Intermediate Championship. We'll have semi-finals. Now, there's going to be clashes, so I don't know. Some games might might be played at different times, but we'll do our best. But um, just over an hour, Matt, uh, I could, I suppose not short, if you're listening to us, but uh, a short edition of pod. But yeah, there's a full fixture list on the website um, in terms of the football games. And obviously... If there's any more in the Camogie, um, I'll update on the website or follow Matt on Facebook and Twitter and you'll get all the data. But um, we've no other business, Matt. I think we can call it quits at an hour and two. We can. We can call it quits. Lovely. That's perfect. <laughs> hour and three minutes as we're talking there. A huge thank you to you, Matt, as always. And thank you to everyone for listening. Um, I suppose get out and enjoy the games while we can before the weather well and truly turns. We have, as I said, the football quarterfinals this weekend, hopefully it's in Camogie, and next week we'll have football and hurling at Look Forward to. Us. So thank you for everyone that listened and thank you to Matt. We'll talk soon. Impression Thanks, again, you get old with what you put into it's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go out and get it no more about it. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pounds worth of goods, can you?
just about kept in. Oh, well, touch. Shawnee Buckley to do that to Tommaso Shea. He deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Let me spend out there from the war court today. No more about him. He made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the fact that that's it. No if, no but. Is there much time left? No 